Like, I don't stay up at night going, like, oh, man, what if people think I'm dead when I'm not? You know, like, that doesn't really get me. True. Nervous. Very, very dreadfully nervous I had been and am. But why will you say that I am mad? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken and observe how, how healthily, how, how calmly I, I can tell you the whole story. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Style Guide Podcast with your host Dave Morris and Stephen Orr. How are you doing this morning, Stephen? I'm doing great, Dave. I'm doing great. Uh, looking forward to today's podcast with you. Yeah, this is another uh, one of those sort of uh, podcasts where we intersect a little bit with uh, the show that Paper Street Theater is doing uh, this season, which is, of course, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, that's right. The, uh, the, the great inventor of the macabre. Or uh, inventor? Is that is that how you'd use that? <laughs> no, I think that's exactly the wrong way to describe that that word. I think it's totally wrong. Maybe you could say creator. Uh yeah, and e- even then, is that entirely right? Like forefather? Yeah, he. I mean, he's definitely one of the important figures in the history of the macabre. So he, yeah, he's like the Leonardo da Vinci of the macabre. Right. Whereas like Stephen King is the Leonardo DiCaprio. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about Poe today. Yeah. So um, uh, I don't even know where to start with Poe because uh, there's so much about him. Do you want to talk about his life a little bit or do you want to jump right into his work? Yeah, no, let's talk a little bit about his life because he's he's such an interesting character uh, that I, I thought that I understood his life story and then I realized a lot of what I knew about his history was like slander oh i thought you were gonna say it was from that john cusack movie the the raven the raven yeah <laughs> which is maybe one of the best movies in the entire world where john cusack plays edgar Allan poe trying to help a cop solve a copycat killer who's killing people in the style of edgar Allan poe's writings like there, there are so many ways that that movie has the right idea about like honoring the idea of Edgar Allan Poe, but just like the execution isn't quite there. <laughs> it's terrible. It's a horrible film. I was being sarcastic. Yeah, but but the idea, right? Like it combines the detective Poe and the analytic mind with the 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 idea of horror and murders and and that sort of stuff. And it's yeah, and it's it close. gives you a little bit of Edgar Allan Poe's life. It was fantastic. And John Cusack is in it. How could this be a bad movie? They did it. They somehow did it. I don't know how, but they managed to make it bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. His life is was, was is nuts. Like when you read about his life story, you go, oh, that's why he wrote like this. <laughs> you know, like what a poor guy. He, he, was, he was orphaned by his parents, right? Like they left him. Is is that what it was? It wasn't that they they died, but they they left. They just abandoned him with someone, right? Uh, her, his mother died. Oh, okay. I believe when he was young, like when okay. he was like two or something like that, uh, and she'd already like left from her husband or something like that, right? Like he was sent to live with some other relatives, and his mom died early, and that was sort of it. Okay. okay. So he was more or less, yeah, he was orphaned, and then they died. 
Or then she died. Maybe his dad still. I don't know what happened to his dad. Okay. Okay. Well, and and what I like about or or what I find interesting about his his story is very similar to a lot of a lot of the significant writers in that wasn't particularly appreciated as as a writer necessarily uh, in 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 their life was he he was I mean he his poetry kind of was but his his fiction wasn't as uh, as well thought of. I think uh, the the biography I read had it broken like early life and then struggling writer and then final days, right? right? Was sort of like the three sections of his life, and I perfectly agree with this. He had an early life that was kind of sad and tragic. He had these days when he was a struggling writer trying to write and like helping run all these different magazines and stuff, and like never really being very successful, and all of them going out of business. And he moves around and stuff, and then he gets into his final days where he eventually is found on a bench, possibly dying of rabies. <laughs> yeah, so so weird. Such a such a strange little. And like never, never completed any sort of university uh, education. Tried, yeah. I think, on multiple mm-hmm. occasions, and and wasn't able. Joined, joined the army for a while. Like, yeah, he, he did. He had this like crazy sort of life of just trying to be a writer and never quite succeeding at it, and then died, much like his writings, with some with a bit of mystery. Yep, and sort of a sad macabre fi- final finality to it, which is. I think kind of this beautiful thing about Edgar Allan Poe is that his life and his stories kind of fit. And you aren't surprised to find out that, oh, he was just like a rich aristocrat. Mm, weird. Uh, you know, you're like, oh, that sounds right. And more than I, I think any other genre, I think the, the life the life of the author uh, ends up proving to be so important. Like Lovecraft's work gets explained in so many ways by the fact that like Lovecraft was such an isolated man terrified of of the world around him and he loved Edgar Allan Poe and and he loved Edgar Allan Poe and Stephen King like a lot of a lot of his work you can you 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 get a better understanding of it if you you get that he was a man intensely consumed by his vices and and addiction <laughs> and and yeah. and his and that shows up in his work in in, in so many different ways. And again, heavily influenced by both Lovecraft and Poe. Yeah. And, and horror is, is a fascinating genre where the author, the, the, the horror of the author is expressed through, through the way that they write and the things that they write about in, in such a fascinating way that maybe isn't necessarily the case with other, um, other stories or isn't expressed in the same way. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. When it comes to his actual work, I like it, but sometimes I don't. <laughs> That's a pretty good description of of Poe. Like, I guess um if you picked out any Poe paragraph and asked me to read it, Right, like just random paragraph. Like if I just went to, I'm just gonna pick a random short story here, like the Oval Portrait. I never actually even read that one, and just go down and pick like a random little bit of it that I now saw aright. I could not and would not doubt, for the first flashing of the candles upon that canvas had seemed to dissipate the dreamy stupor which was stealing over my senses, and to startle me at once into waking life. 
right? Yeah. Take a random story, a random bit, and read it. And you're like, wow, that's really nice. That's kind of cool. It's really well written. A lot, like a lot of flowery language, sure, you know, a little, little over, too many adjectives or whatever. But you read it and it's like, well, that pose wrote really well. But reading an entire short story of that is, is, is not as exciting as it sounds, <laughs> you know? And like you're reading it and you're like, this is really dense and like, I, I feel like I forgot the story halfway through because I was reading this really dense paragraph. Uh, you know, that, at least that was my experience reading. He, he comes across for me as, as a, a poet who, who is writing short stories, uh, as opposed to somebody who, who writes short stories because they're, they're fascinated by the form of the short story or something like that. Or, or, or maybe, maybe calling him a poet is too much. Like, um, as somebody who is prone to somewhat flowery language in his writing sometimes, he seems like the worst parts of academia at times. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like he, 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 has, he has fantastic ideas, and, and individually a lot of his writing can be, can be gorgeous, as you say, but, but it's exhausting as a whole and often, I think, doesn't work as a whole. One, that's, that's one of the things that I really realized in preparing this week, where... I found that Poe's Poe's biggest problem is his inability to just to to end something and 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 have it be a, a finite little piece. Um, and I'm I'm thinking particularly of uh, of stuff like his his detective stories where yeah. <laughs> where I I didn't know uh, until earlier in the week that he was the kind of founder of the detective genre yeah, yeah which which was uh i i was so interested in because i'm i'm a huge fan of doyle and where where that where sherlock goes from there and so i was excited to kind of see the the first gems of this but his detective fiction is is i think hard to describe as anything other than just bad yeah i mean we well we can t- let's talk about it now i was gonna maybe save it for later talking about his detective stories because it's such a specific kind of story he wrote um, and he has a specific detective. Uh, his name's like Dupin or something like that. So yeah, he's a French uh, just dude. Yeah, and it's written just like Sherlock Holmes through the perspective of somebody else, right? Like a Watson character. I think what was weird about his detective story is that it's like, uh, what was the one that I, I remember the most? Was the, the Purloined Letter? Right, right. right. Yep. Where he, you, Dupin and him or uh, Dupin and the guy are in the, the study and the police chief comes in it's just like a sherlock holmes classic story um and then it cuts to later and then dupin explains how he did it right like you never actually follow the story of him doing it it's like a weird like and how did you get the letter well let me tell you and then he tells him the story about how he got the letter you know what i mean it's it's just weird it's just weirdly like why didn't we just follow him through the whole story and 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 that's I think a lot of Poe's writing has some sort of frame narrative like that where he he will set up uh, the idea of a story and then go in a different direction unexpected and in some way in, in some stories like uh, Purloined Letter it like it's it's more direct what's what's going on it doesn't exactly work I don't think like why yeah why why we have to see it in that sort of way. But he, he, he is a big fan of starting a story either after the story has happened or kind of in the middle of it and then having someone else tell different parts of it. But with, yeah. but, oh no, sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just saying, yeah, the framing element of it. I, I enjoy the fact that he frames his stories like that a lot of the time. In the detective stories, it doesn't work very well, I think, is what you're getting at here. Because it feels weird that it's a detective story is framed around something else and like, what? This is weird. Yeah, well, it's like with the purloined letter in particular, you when reading it, I wasn't sure if the mystery had been solved like from the very first line, like after reading it, where like, did he go and solve the mystery before the story started is that what i <laughs> oh like, maybe <laughs> it, it, like it, it just was weirdly written in that way and and it doesn't it doesn't make a detective story very interesting and and i think in the purloined letter it was a good uh he he talks about how simple the crime is and how the detective sh uh missed solving it because of precisely how simple it was uh, and then he repeats that in in some of the earlier stories, like the the murders at the Rue Morgue, and his his mysteries or his detective stories are anything but simple. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> like the 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 murders at the Rue Morgue, the murderer is an orangutan. Like, <laughs> like didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> no, you you didn't. And, and and he he proclaims how it's just such a simple matter to solve it, and you just had to. To work through and like you get what he's what he's getting at with some of these ideas where the Sherlock Holmes quote about uh, eliminating the impossible anything left no matter how uh, improbable must be the truth yeah like you can see that germ of the idea in his detective fiction but it's yeah it does read like a rough draft of a Sherlock Holmes story yeah yeah it right does. and and like uh you, you see where where Conan Doyle perfected that uh, idea of a logical detective and took it to an extreme but a, a wonderful extreme yeah and and i think with poe you you see that he was so clearly fascinated by the idea of the analytical mind and a ton like the 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 rue morgue starts off with three or four pages of him talking about what it would be like to to actually have an analytical mind and approach the world in that way it's it's an essay it's not it's not the beginning of a short story and so yeah and that's that's so again with the framing things that he does with the stories that's that's the part i like where it starts uh like um those of you who've read my work before know that i've blah 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 like as if you're like a regular reader of this author or whatever yeah um and talks about like let me talk a little bit about uh the fear that's taking over the nation right now of being buried while still alive, you know, and how terrible that is, la, 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 la. And then let me tell you the story about this person being buried alive, you know. So, like, it sets up with this nice little frame and, like, in, like welcomes the audience into the idea of it before telling you the story. And I enjoy that. It's it's good when it works. But, like, the, the, the Rue Morgue, it starts with that essay and then it's a story about mind reading for a little while where the where the detective mind reads the watson's thoughts and then we have an extended like uh, copy up from the newspaper and then we have the actual story and so it's a frame <laughs> within a frame within a frame yeah so with the detective stories it doesn't work <laughs> Well, it feels out of place. It, it ties to something that Poe liked to do, which was to to write something, write fiction as if it could be true. 
like he he had a couple of stories that were were meant to be hoaxes like you were you were supposed to read it and think you were reading a real newspaper article mm-hmm. about an event like the the balloon hoax or the the facts of um the the case of Valdemar or whatever it was and they're like they're he he was trying to write a hoax and yeah. and, I, and I think that that's the the almost honesty that he wants to get across with his frame narratives well and i think for him to make something truly scary he wants it to be he wants you to to be able to believe it yeah and so that's what that's when he does the things where he starts in your world like um people are afraid of being buried alive like the i think that one's called the premature burial or something there's even the short story yeah um yeah where he talks about the fear that everyone has and then talks about someone just a couple counties over that was buried alive and then gets into the real story about being buried alive and like this someone in her vault and the la 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 and all this stuff. Um, so like I, I enjoy that framing of his of his work. Yeah. Well, and like you pointed to the oval portrait, which I mean, it's it's such a short little read, but it what it is, is it's a story about a guy looking at a painting and then he reads the story of the painting and and the story of the painting is the is the horror and so but you but you need the frame to get there yeah but w- without it the story is, is is empty and 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 i think that when it works it works really effectively mm-hmm. and when it doesn't it's just like eh, well i i wish you had just written this uh written this better yeah can we talk about perspective for a second yeah shoot so from just about everything I read, uh, except for I think The Mask of the Red Death is the only one that was not in the first person. Ah, okay. Yep. Right? Why did Poe like the first person so much? I think this is, uh, and I mean, I'm always going to compare him to Lovecraft because I probably came to Lovecraft before I came to Poe. Except for perhaps The Raven. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, because says. Because, like, uh, that's what I thought, too, when I was reading it, is I was like, oh, I see where Lovecraft gets his, like, the horrible thing happening to the person all the time. <laughs> um, where the story starts with, I was in this terrible place and doing this thing. Um, his don't all start the same sort of way. No. With someone making horrible decisions that leads to their death. But, it, like, so, because when we've been rehearsing and trying to figure out, like, what kind of stories to do for Poe, like, what are the types of, of narrators? Like, what are the perspectives the narrators are coming from? Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've kind of got it to this. I've got, I've got it to three. Tell me what you think. Okay. Uh, the one is the witness to an event or mm-hmm. witness of something. So like the detective stories uh, or like um, even the, uh, the, what's the really famous one? The, um, the fall, of the, uh, house of, fall of the house of Usher. Yeah. Where it's like a person that goes to see some crazy events or meet a crazy person and stuff like that happens. Yep. So that was like one sort of perspective, uh, like to narrate from the person that's witnessing things. Uh, the other one was the, the madman who is doing the things. Mm-hmm. So like, um, uh, the other super famous one, um, telltale, telltale, heart. telltale heart or, uh, what else was there? There were, there were a bunch of them. Where they're the madman doing the narration. Um, the black no, cat. Um, the black cat. Uh, let's see. There's another suit. Oh, the cask of Amontillado. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, where it's like they're the person doing the bad thing. And then the other one was the victim of the bad thing. The person who the bad thing is happening to. Like uh, the pit in the pendulum. Or um, uh, not quite the premature burial. 
Yeah. So like you or the, you're the person who the bad thing is happening to. Right. Right. So those were sort of the three perspectives we've been playing with. And then the other one is a third person narrative, which only happened as far as I can tell the ones. Um. Yeah. And except in the sense that when his frame narratives show up, right, like someone yeah. reading a story that happens to. Yeah. Or you meet a person who then tells you the story. Right. Um, and that yeah. to me is like that's like a, that's the third person one, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, and but like still the witness of the event. Yeah. And the fall of the house of Usher is a good example, right? Where in the fall of the house of Usher, you're following. No, no, he doesn't have a name. He's just a dude. Um, yeah, I think it's just I. Yeah. Yeah. And and in the the middle of it, I think we get we get he, one of Poe's poems and then you get him reading a fictional novel as well yeah. in the middle of it that is meant to speak to the uh, the events of the story. And Poe does that again in he does it in the Oval Portrait, but he he does it in yeah, I I probably am going to pronounce it wrong, Ligia or whatever it was. Um, yeah, sure, call it that, Ligia. Ligia. And yeah. and it's it's he he likes to jump in and out of that first person when he's there to to uh, offering uh, little, little bits around there. But I think you're right to point to how important the first person is to Poe's writing. Yeah, like uh, and am I uh, like those are the three that I've sort of just narrowed it down to, and they're pretty broad categories. You know, oh, yeah. like yeah. witnessing something, having something happen to you, or being the person doing the thing. Like I don't know what other perspectives there are, but um, yeah, but those three seem to be the 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 way into into where Poe, where the narrator's coming from in Poe's stories, which is something I thought was super cool. Cause in like, in Lovecraft, everything is, uh, is through the per first person perspective and they're almost always the victim. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, Except for the, like things like the color out of space where they first talk to someone who tells them the story about how they were the victim, <laughs> you know, like except for those weird little the one like stories within stories kind of thing. But for the most part, like the Lovecraft is about, I found this hidden city in the desert and went down these steps that I should have gone to. I went back home for this Christmas feast and shouldn't and met these fish people, you know, like it's all like this person having all these horrible things happen to them. Whereas Lovecraft or as Poe isn't just that one perspective. No. And I think, uh, I think the reason for that gets to the the different motivations for horror in Lovecraft versus someone like Poe, where for for H.P. Lovecraft, horror uh, is experienced as it, it's a human experience, but it's a human experience of the inhuman, of of how vast and terrible the universe is, about how how there are monsters out there that are 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 so terrible that we can't defeat them, how we are insignificant, how, um, whatever these sort of, there, there is an entire another world that we, we were unaware of and then becoming aware of it is the horror for Lovecraft. And so it's, it's the, it's the inhumanity that, that makes it yeah. horrific. And, and so he almost requires the first person perspective for all of his stories in that way to tell tell the story of how someone experienced the inhuman. But for Poe, his horror is is all about being human and the experience of the human being in the world. Yeah. It's it's about the 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 kind the emotions that a human being experiences that separates them from san sanity and and civilization. 
like obsession and revenge and guilt. I totally agree. Yeah, like po- like Lovecraft is more po- uh, mo- more man versus the supernatural kind of storytelling, mm-hmm. or like the unknown and the, the environment and stuff like that. Whereas Poe is definitely more there's there's the uh, person versus person or person versus self type stuff where it's the the madman's re- like need for revenge is what's driving him, not yeah. his fear of the other person. You know, like. Right. Or this like, I have to do this for these elder gods or anything like that. It's like, no, I just hate this guy and he deserves to die. So I'm going to kill him and I need to do this. You know, like it's it's that revenge and same with like the telltale heart, similar kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like it's the guilt in the of, of this character. But there's also this like hatred in there, all this that makes him do the thing. Uh, it's not you've been cursed or you've you're you're being summoned by some ancient creature. No, no. And it it couldn't be like, that's why I think like not re- really talking about detective stories, but the room morgue is such a bad example of a Poe story, because in the end, humans had nothing to do with it. It was it was, <laughs> it was an orangutan, a, a crazy, a crazy orangutan that attacked a human being. And <laughs> and it doesn't feel like a Poe story oh, because th- <laughs> yeah. you just tell someone that that's how the story ends. It's like, what? That's Edgar Allan Poe? Are you sure that's not Edgar Wright? You know, like it sounds so ridiculous. It is. It's absolutely ridiculous. But and and the reason it's ridiculous, because there's nothing of the human being in there. And there there's there's nothing like there's no overwhelming human feeling and even even his 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 other stories like the 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 oval portrait or the premature burial those sorts of stories where it's it's about how minor the experience of being human is and and how 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 you're we're mortal and we die and we decay and that in itself is terrifying it's not terrifying because something is out there watching us it's terrifying because one day you're going to be a corpse yeah and like i mean with the premature burial especially it's not it's not that you're that death is what's there to be afraid of it's being trapped inside of a box still alive that's terrifying you know like that's that's scary that's fear that's like a real fear yeah that people then had especially you know yeah nowadays i don't think we worry about being buried alive too much Oh, they did that Ryan uh, Ryan Reynolds movie, uh, Buried, which was about him being buried alive. So yeah, and it happens in Kill Bill, but like we don't yeah. like yeah. I don't stay up at night going like, oh man, what if people think I'm dead when I'm not? You know, like that doesn't really get me. When he does that twice, right? Like that's the fall of the House of Usher as well. Um, yeah, she's buried, but she's not dead or something. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. And the, the brother... end of that story confused the hell out of me. Oh, I I think the end of that story is so great. It's such a perfect example of poe's ambiguity right well i thought for the longest time that when she like what she shows up at the end or something and they fall down together dead is that Mm -hmm. what happens yes yes it is (laughs) yeah so she's she's there she's not dead and then they're dead and i uh, and afterwards i was like oh so they and then the house like tears apart right yeah which is like what the f so in my head there's all this magic happening at the end and so I somehow convinced myself that she was dead and he was dead the whole time. Mm. And it wasn't until like she fell on him or whatever that they both, he realized they were corpses. Because what's the line? It's here. I got it right here. Um, in her violent and now final death agonies. So I guess there you go. She's dying. 
bore him to the floor a corpse and a victim to the terrors he had anticipated. So she bore him to the floor a corpse, which mean, which to me I read as he was already dead the whole time. And it's just that he realized he was a corpse, not she bore him to the floor and killed him. You know, like it, like it was sort of ambiguous there for, for that. So for the longest time, I thought they were dead the whole time. Well, and and I I think that that the, the that is such an interesting of Poe's stories because we know so little of the narrator in that and in lots of his we don't like the the cask of the Amontadillo or uh, I always Amon, Amontillado I'm pretty sure I'm saying it wrong too but whatever I was pretty sure it was armadillo for the longest time <laughs> like and 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 it wasn't until I read the story I'm like oh it's about wine. That awesome. makes so much more sense than so some weird sense. story about storing armadillos in a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> but but we, we don't know much about the narrator, but we we do get certain impressions. And and I think Poe Poe didn't like to directly say why people were inspired to do what they did. Um the Telltale Heart, we we in fact never find out. It just this person was consumed by the the the, this desire to kill their roommate, whatever it was, um, the the fall of the House of Usher. We don't understand why the brother buried his sister alive. Casca of the Amontadillo. We don't we don't know why he needs to get vengeance against this man. Except that he's in he's a bad person. Except yeah, he's kind of a bad dude, but he doesn't seem like he's that bad a dude, right? Like it's I don't know if it's enough to merit chaining him to a wall and leaving him there to die. Well, it's a little bit of an unreliable narrator in all of those cases. And that I think is the point. It's the unreliable narrator where where Poe doesn't want you to be on steady footing. And and one of the things that comes up in all almost all these stories is is the tendency towards alcoholism or opium use, right? <laughs> yeah. And and he he never directly says, well, I these people acted this way because they were they were addicts and because they were unwell. But there is a hint of that in a lot of it. And and I think one of the undercurrents through all of Poe's horror is is the fragility of like the sane human being that can be upended by a tendency towards booze, which allows you to see this black cat as a terrible thing that must be killed. Yeah, instead of just it's a cat. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's why I love the fall of the House of Usher. Because mm, you think the narrator in that one is drunk? Well, because you can't you can't really tell who who is is experiencing what and why they're experiencing it, and so the story the story in some ways ends up being a lens for the reader. So you you see it as a story about how they were dead the whole time. Whereas someone else, which can... by the way, is clearly wrong. My the way I read it was just clearly wrong. I missed some things and I just decided that's what happened because it was a better story. I thought, but at the same time, like dead. there's something magical about that story, right? Like the house is broken apart at the end of it at the same time as the narrator flees the house and its family is killed, and yeah. and there's something more going on there. And what that more is, is it supernatural? Is it just a break in someone's psyche hard to tell is it a haunted house story is the house itself the thing that made them oh yeah whatever yeah uh so just a quick uh sidebar here you said the telltale heart was about a guy killing his roommate well we don't we don't know why they lived together yeah but he but uh, okay we decided (laughs) 
we, as in like the cast when we were talking about it. I think we're all pretty sure that it was his father. Because he calls him the old man, right? Which which for me doesn't doesn't particularly tell you much um it could he could be boarding with with the old man it's true it's true it could be somebody else but isn't it a much better story if it's his dad what what if what if it's his wife doesn't he say the old man though yeah but it's not uncommon for an older man to marry a younger woman oh so the narrator's the woman the narrator's a woman Oh, that could be true too. Oh, yeah, that's a good one as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, and and again, there's lots of ambiguity in that story because Poe found it more interesting to tell a story about someone who is obsessed with the idea, as opposed to the motivation for that idea. Yeah, and that was something we we realized as well in rehearsals was that uh, you need to know that they're going to do something bad, and that and what the bad thing they're about to do is, but we don't need to know why they're going to do it. Yeah. You know, like we need to know that he wants that that uh, that he's gonna he wants to he's luring him down into the pit to kill him or whatever or, into, or in the uh, sorry the the wine one the cask of Amontillado we need we know that he's luring him down out of revenge and he wants to kill him but we don't need to know why he wants to kill him or exactly how he's gonna kill him we don't need to know this no yeah and uh, the telltale heart oh, that's that's actually you know what that's a cool way to think of it that it's a a wife killing her husband. Yeah, that is also that is also good because I don't think yeah the narrator's never gendered. Yeah, not not from what I recall, and and it in some ways it fits with some of what he was he does in his detective stories. Like what I like about uh, the the Rue Morgue murders is that it starts off talking about these two dudes who live together in isolation and and it talks about how weird their isolated life is like how the rest of the world would find it but how fitting it was for their character mm-hmm. and then they they go they go and solve a murder of two women who are living in very similar circumstances who hide in their own their their own life and 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 there's a brief period where you're wondering did did one of them kill the other is this what happened in the story that that it's that kind of fantastic narrative and it's all about like the hinge upon which sanity and insanity in the human mind rests and hmm. and it's it it could be something as simple as an obsession that you can't explain that sets you off which is how we get to all these stories about people who otherwise seem relatively sane and and and, and call themselves sane but are very clearly mad for the way that they've decided to kill someone. And you got all that from the story with the orangutan? <laughs> okay. Um, something else that uh, that comes up a lot in, in Poe's work, which again gets back to his biography, was, uh, well, two things about his biography that are kind of, one's gross, one's sad. He married his, like, 13-year-old cousin yep and they were married for like 11 years or something uh until she died yeah. sort of in this like of like consumption or whatever it was that was killing people back then the black plague the you know some pox or something something killed her that was killing lots of people and she died and then that concept of his like a a, a woman dying comes up in like so many of his stories yeah yeah, like, I mean, The Raven, perhaps the most famous one of, you know, The Lost Eleanor or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
but but it comes up that that theme and image of a dead woman or a buried woman or a sad dead woman or a portrait of a sad dead woman or something like that is like a, a theme that arises in just about every single one of his stories. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, the the poem "The Conqueror Worm," uh, which uh, is, I I I I never have delved deeply into Poe's poetry, um, mostly mm-hmm. because I I've never particularly enjoyed it. Like it's. Like the Raven, I find good at times, but also sometimes just hard to read. Everyone loves the first stanza. Yeah, yeah, the first stanza, and then you don't <laughs> want the the rest of it. But, but it's like the the end of the poem that the play is the tragedy man and the hero, the conqueror worm, <laughs> and like just this fascination with death and what that means for the human being and how how fragile it can be to 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 be human and how kind of terrifying it is to to have to, to for to experience burial burial and death and those sorts of things and and yeah i think you're right that he poe was fascinated by it yeah the play is the tragedy man and it's hero the conqueror worm that's yeah. fantastic that's a good line yeah it's a great good line. work poe that's a great line yeah, so you start to you start to see it, it, as soon as you understand that his wife died and he was alone and and tragic uh, and sad about it all, you start seeing his poetry in a very different way. Well, and and you start to see see the the man in a very different way too because his desire for the analytical frame of mind comes for him from the experience possibly of of intense emotions and how horrific his experiences in the world have been and how desperately he would like to be able to view the world as a rational rational creature instead of as an emotional human hmm. like it like in in a lot of ways the his 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 writing stems from his personality so strongly in in that way he 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 knows that being human is is kind of terrible, and he he wants to cling to the parts of it that allow you to escape and kind of be better, and and that's where his detective comes from. Yeah, and is it also like he he's kind of scared and sad, and he wants to write things that make you scared and sad? See, that, that that's an interesting question, right? Because like, is he? Like, yeah, sorry, go. No, 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 you go ahead. I was going to say, like, is he trying to make the audience sad because he's sad, or is he, or, and is he trying to make them scared because he's scared, or is he writing about these things because he's that's that's what he thinks about all the time? That's just what he has. That's the only thing he can write about. I I think it's the la- the last. It's it's an obsession for him. Poe Poe. It's it's not that he wants you to experience the world as he does. It's just he's obsessed with it, and I think. I think that's one of the reasons he's he's not a very good writer. He he's never able to get outside of his his own his own experiences and and so he's he's so rooted in that that he he never really seems to care whether it's a a well-written story as a whole. Mhm. And he he's more focused on the feeling that he has through the experience of it. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, I'm not sure. Looking over the short stories that are out today that you can find in collections and anthologies and things, or or that you can see online, how many of those were published? That's a good question. Versus how many were just written? Yeah, like because uh, like who knows? Maybe maybe the one about the orangutan never got published, 
because everyone um, was like, this is insane, Poe. I am sure it got published. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons why you start your own magazine, right? So that you can, publish, so you can it. publish your own stupid stories. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, so probably most of them were published at some point by him at the very least. And one of the things that, that I find hilarious about Poe's life is that he was he like he was a critic. He that was kind of his his uh, his Job life. Really. Yeah, yeah. W- was to to criticize uh, and critique um, literature. And so <laughs> like mm-hmm. like, oh, OK, you can in, in some ways see that he he wants to, he, he, he wants to really present a himself as a particular kind of thinker uh in his work and i i think poe poe is going to be and is remembered and is going to be remembered best for the ideas and and little little parts of it but the him as a whole i think ends up being uh, a weaker a weaker sort of uh writer which is exactly sort of my uh, original feelings about reading Poe was that parts of it, certain stanzas of it, <laughs> I get and read and I'm like, oh, just on its own, that's great. But then when you put it into a collection of sentences like that, it's like, man, this is not great. Which is funny because with Lovecraft, I felt the exact opposite. Hmm. Where when I was reading H.P. Lovecraft... Uh, a single sentence, I would be like, man, that sentence is horrible. Like that is too much description and you just use different words that mean the same thing for an entire sentence. You know, like it's just so uh, verbose. But the overall story of Lovecraft, when you put it all together, I really liked. Yeah. Uh, and Poe is like the opposite almost where I like little sections of his writing, but then the overall piece I, I have trouble getting through. Although I guess the stories themselves are still pretty good in Edgar Allan Poe's case, for the most part. Well, I mean... Are, so, are they? Hold on. Some of them aren't, aren't entire stories. Like, is the right? Telltale Heart even a story? <laughs> See, the, the Telltale Heart and The Fall of the House of Usher, I think, are rightly remembered as probably... Uh, and maybe the, the cask of the Amontadillo are, are rightly all remembered as, like, the great, the great stories of Poe. And... There isn't a ton that happens in the stories. It it's it is more about a, a reflection on an experience. Yeah, and and a and a um, uh, a getting into the the depth of the 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 feelings or the fear of it. Yeah. So like you're, he's writing about revenge and wanting revenge and how that makes someone feel. He's not really writing the story of a guy who lures someone down into a basement and then buries him behind a wall. Yeah, and so I think you're right to point to like the 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 lack of a, a story in in a lot of Poe's work. Like there just there isn't really a story there to be told. It's 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 about the the experience of a particular emotion or a particular feeling. Yeah. Whereas Lovecraft told stories. Yeah, yeah, and even though I mean the story was like and I go into this place and I go down this staircase and I see all these weird things and then I fall into a portal. Even though that's the story, it's like oh, there's there's some some action happened there. <laughs> yeah, and and I think Lovecraft was a better storyteller than Poe. I I mean I don't I I I think perhaps Poe Poe's greater great works are are greater than Lovecraft's, but but Lovecraft overall knew how to craft a story. 
Sure. Yeah, sure. And I think the, uh, in today's world, we like just looking at like what pop culture has made of these two people, like, or not even pop culture, just culture has made of these two writers. We see that Lovecraft is remembered for the stories, not for his writing. So like the thing, like the call of Cthulhu is like a, like everyone, not everyone, but a lot, majority of people know Cthulhu or have heard the word before. Mm-hmm. Um, and know what that kind of the idea of elder gods and monsters with tentacles and stuff, you know, like we, we, we know the stories of Lovecraft, but he's not really remembered for his great writing because it's too far. Like it's so descriptive. It's you can't read it. Yeah. Whereas, uh, Poe is remembered as a great writer and he's remembered mostly for his poetry. Mm hmm. Because it sounds nice and it's well written and and that's what he's remembered for. But he's not really remembered for the stories. No. And I think I think you would most people wouldn't really be able to point to like what what makes a Poe story a story um, in the same way that with Lovecraft. Like with Lovecraft, people would be able to talk about, you know, Cthulhu and the Elder Gods and the experience of uh, of of encountering um, cultists and that sort of stuff. And with Lovecraft, you can't quite pin it in the same way. Yeah. Well, like, well, Lovecraft is stories and Poe is, is mood, right? Like, cause we remember Poe as the master of the macabre, you know, yeah. as we were saying before, the inventor, the inventor, steve of macabre and Lovecraft was the inventor of the Cthulhu mythos. <laughs> Am I using the word inventor, right? <laughs> Uh, the the um, creator, the, the author, I, the, 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 the 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 person behind those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the person behind. That's the formal word that we're going to use for our <laughs> yeah for our literary critique of Poe. Yeah, does that make sense? Does that sound fair, like a fair uh, assessment? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so too, which is why, again, when I read pieces of of, of Poe, I, I feel this. It, it feels scary, and it's beautifully written, and all that sort of stuff. But the stories themselves are kind of like, eh, eh. Yeah. I don't really care what happens. I just enjoy this the the feeling of it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 about the the feeling and your your ability to draw into it, and and it works. Yeah. Um. Anything else you wanted to say before uh before we move on about Poe? No, no, yeah, move on. Oh, cool. So, um, what do you, uh, what, what's, uh, what's your final thoughts on Poe? You got any final thoughts for us? Any, any, uh, any uh, summations of of the work of Edgar Allan Poe? Um, I, I, for me, it's it's one of those things where I I usually forget uh, when when thinking about it that Poe didn't write the Monkey's Paw. Do you remember the story, the Monkey's Paw? Yeah, that sounds like a Poe story. Where a family is uh, comes across a monkey's paw that grants you three wishes, but each wish is uh, granted in a terrible way. So they wish for two hundred dollars, and the next day their son dies, and the company pays them two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 so it's it, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah be careful what you wish for. Yeah. yeah, and and it was really in this week of reading Poe that I realized why that story could never be an Edgar Allan Poe story. Because the monkey's paw is a morality tale. It very clearly has a moral that it's getting to, and the supernatural or the horrific elements of it are meant to aim you towards that that moral. 
in none of Poe's work is there anything resembling uh, a moral to the story. It like he will he will never tell you be careful what you wish for. He'll never tell you you know um, don't trust a stranger. Whatever those sorts of don't don't look into the unexpected. Because his all of his horror is the kind of horror that he seems to think anyone could come across at any point in their lives, and there's nothing you can do about it. You are going to experience at some point the horror of staring at a portrait. Um, you are at some point going to feel obsessed and and have a desire for revenge and and these sorts of things. Like even when he falls into um, talking about alcoholism or opium abuse, it's not as if he's saying don't do drugs because you'll turn into a crazy person. That's just window dressing. Like his his point is life as a human being can and and often is can be and often is horrific and that's mm -hmm. that's what his horror is and and that's why i i i i enjoyed it so much because it's such a normal sort of horror yeah i think um i mean the 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 final thing i just want to say it, it gets back to a word you used earlier which was essay or essayist and i feel like poe's stories aren't about the story of it it's not about the narrative necessarily uh, except for perhaps a few cases, maybe, but it's very rarely about the narrative. Um, it's more about the mood and the tone and the feeling of it, which is what makes him the master of the macabre is that it feels scary and it feels macabre and it's all hor horrific things that are happening, but there's no great story to follow. But, but the reason I go back to the word essay or essayist is uh, similar to what you were saying is it's like he has an idea that he just wants to explore and make a point about, but he's not like teaching you anything about it. You know, he's not. Like, I guess, I guess maybe it's not quite because he's not trying to change your mind. He's just trying to like, this is a, a thing he's been thinking about and he wants to write a story about this thing. And so I'm going to write a story about that thing. I'm not going to change your mind or teach you or, or try to try to make that thing like uh, you think it's about this thing, but it's actually about this. It's like, nope, I'm just going to write about being buried alive or I'm going to write about revenge or I'm going to write about, uh, you know, being sad that someone's dead and your life is over or whatever. And like writing and he writes something about that and then that's it yeah does that make sense that absolutely makes sense and it it it, it pins exactly what makes poe poe and i think i think it pins why he was the beginning of something and and not and and why you see other authors take it up in different ways because it's the start that mood is just the start of a kind of storytelling but it's not enough it doesn't it doesn't do the do the job in in the way that a full story can, and so yeah, yeah. It's like how in in stand up comedy, if you have a funny sounding voice, that's a good start, but you do need to have some jokes. And Edgar Allan Poe has the equivalent of a funny sounding voice, but it doesn't have like the best jokes. <laughs> that's, you know, it's the greatest analogy, <laughs> right? Like he's yeah yeah. So he he needs he needs to work on his like storytelling. That people might actually want to read his stories instead of just like appreciate him as a writer, which seems to be what he gets. No, oh, how how terrible for him. No, oh, oh. poor guy. Well, at least he didn't die of rabies on a bench. <laughs> well, uh, I guess that brings us to the end of our uh, pre-Halloween horror spectacular. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yeah, that's what this was called. I didn't know that. 
Well, <laughs> we didn't have a title, but I guess that's that's what that's, it was. That's what it is. It's the pre-Halloween Horror Spectacular. Uh, cool. Okay, well, next week we are going to do some Halloween stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I am terrified already. All right. Exciting times. Okay, well, um, I guess uh, nice talking to you, Steve-O, and uh, never more. <laughs> I just wanted that to be the last word of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, never more. We're never recording another episode. <laughs>